TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Let's see how to remember to do some radio here on the Get Right. Nope. We're Reds at KG on 105. Three the fan, Kevin Gray. Reds and no Atatula. What do you do, baby? Alec Med for holding it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On stage. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey. And the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation with you for a full four hours tonight here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. Shout out to the Rangers. Got the day off today before they begin the final 10-game stretch of the regular season to try and get into the American League playoffs at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula, at Alec on the radio if you want to get at us on Twitter. Coming up at 8.20 tonight, David Helmet of Fox Sports going to be joining us talking all things Dallas Cowboys. And at 9 o'clock tonight, Ari Temkin of Sirius XM College Football going to be joining us at 9 o'clock, getting us ready for yet another weekend of tremendous college football action. Uh, Sands, unfortunately, Travis Hunter from Colorado, as he's going to be missing the next few weeks with a lacerated liver. Yeah, that sounds decidedly not fun. That sounds painful. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yep, yep. Uh, we'll talk to Ari Tim, get a 9 o'clock, a little college football on 105.3 The Fan. Good to be back with you in the DFWsecurity.com studios. We're also live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube as well. What happened? Look, I, it's fun to be back. Uh, and then I remember that y'all be listening and y'all be getting at us. And you know what? Yeah. I appreciate it from uh-huh. uh, on the uh, truckwreck.com text line from the 469. Mizzou, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> thanks for that. Appreciate that's right. You. That's right. Thanks for nothing. My Missouri Tigers went in the get right bowl. That's right. It's funny because low key, in all transparency, I low key forgot that my Tigers were hosting Reg's K State Wildcats on Saturday. Oh, I got the Saturday. call though. Don't worry about it. That's right. But as soon as he texted, he was like, hey, man, don't forget, you know, the Wildcats. I did on. bring this on myself. You brought I? this on yourself. Ugh. And then, of course, my man, Mr. Mevis, 61 yard field goal, an SEC record. To knock off the K-State Wildcats in Columbia, Missouri. Shout out to uh, Brady Cook and the uh, Missouri Tigers handling business. All I know is that Chris Kleiman bet not lose to Kansas this year, buddy. That's all I got to say. That'd be real hard times if that happened. Speaking of hard times, cut number one. Some hard times today for the Dallas Cowboys as their number one corner, Mr. Rappaport, is done for the season. Major news for the Dallas Cowboys. They have lost one of their best defenders, really one of the best defenders in the NFL, for this season, Trayvon Diggs, the star corner who got a massive contract extension before the season, five years, $97 million, one of the highest paid corners in the NFL, suffered a torn ACL during practice today. My understanding is it was during one-on-one drills, a non-contact injury, something that really left players who are watching crushed. 
It was evident immediately that it was a major, major injury. He was later spotted on crutches, had an MRI. The MRI confirmed that Diggs is now out for the season. So this Cowboys defense, which has really uh, made our heads pop with all the plays that they made this year, Micah Parsons and others, so much of that is because of the back end and the way they play. Now they are not going to have Diggs for the rest of the season, leading to an outpouring of support across the NFL. And, of course, Trayvon Diggs signed a $97 million contract before this season started. Which is good for him. Which, exactly, good for him and his bank account. But more importantly, the first couple of games this year, Trayvon had been spectacular for this defense that's arguably been the best in the National Football League. As we kick off our first conversation of this four-hour show tonight, what does this change for you, if anything, if you're the Dallas Cowboys and you're someone who watches and supports this team what does this now change for the Dallas Cowboys defense that has been devastatingly good the first two weeks of this season? Give me a second to get direct, directly to your answer, mm-hmm. but indirectly, when I saw this, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people, particularly if you're really tapped into like kind of the media output of the NFL, you saw that you know Trayvon Diggs had been hurt at, at you know in practice, which you know happens from time to time. We don't know what level, and then very very quickly you saw it progress, and so like it took a second to sit in with me. That okay, this is an injury. All right, is he going to miss time? Okay, it sounds like he, you know, they're taking it from a place where he's going to miss time. All right, that's tough. Uh, okay, how much time? Like, what are we talking about? A week, two weeks, three weeks? And then we get to the, it might be an ACL, and I was like, oh no. And that was very quickly confirmed that the MCL was done. Like uh, Mr. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network said, there that he is going to miss, or he's likely and expected to miss the entirety of the season. And I'm of two minds. What does this change in like the immediate? Oddly enough, not much, right? Like, this is where your personnel department, your pro scouting, your, uh, mm-hmm. you know, draft, draft uh, apparatus of your team, mm-hmm. this is where Dan Quinn and the entirety of the defensive staff and the way that they built this team and this roster really gets to shine because they are more than prepared for this, right? In fact, what's going to happen, the adjustments that's going to happen, Deron Bland will move to the outside. We've seen him do that and be solid there. Jordan Lewis will slot back in at um in the, like the nickel or in the slot or I should say, he did that almost exclusively for a good long time. You felt mm-hmm. very good with him there, and he's just you know coming back off an injury, got a chance to get a few plays in in, in week two, and looks pretty solid. Like all right, cool. This is all set up to continue on, but what it does change for me is like oh the high end might be an issue. I had an opportunity to uh, hop on with a, a station in Kansas City this mm-hmm. Monday. And kind of talk about it. And one of the things that I did, I called my shot. I was like, and I I tweeted on, I I put this on Twitter where I was like, look, I think I'm willing to say that this is the best defense in the league. And then I was like, I went as far as to say, I think this is the best team in the league right now. Woo! And I was like, look, man, based off of the fact that this defense looks like one of those historical defenses. And when I say that, I mean like the type of decent defense that you put a name on. Think Steel Curtain. Think Purple People Eaters. Mm -hmm. Think Legion of Boom. Right? Like those types of defense this feels like one of those the problem is you go from a guy where people are afraid of targeting we could talk about the statistic of the quarterback rating towards Trayvon Diggs in the first two weeks was a 1.0 which means that if a quarterback took the ball and threw it directly into the ground it'd be a better passer rating than what it was when you try to throw in Trayvon Diggs's direction to a good cornerback mm-hmm. in Deron Bland and I think the level of cornerback that Trayvon Diggs has reached 
in a lot of people's minds is the one is the type where you have to change the way you game plan. It's one You're of not the, throwing to his side a lot of the time. There you go. Like a, a offensive coordinator is like, look, when we go over there, we have to do it intentionally. We have to do it with purpose, right? Where you're setting up, maybe we need to do double moves just to try and get him. And even if we do get him, there's closing speed. There's makeup speed over there. And now you're picking your poison. The pick your poison aspect of it diminishes somewhat. Deron Bland is not anyone to be joked with, but he is not an elite corner. Like, And I know elite using the word particularly elite gets people a little off kilter, and I don't want to do that. Like The point I'm making is the highest level of cornerback that Trayvon Diggs is like slotting himself in and around, Trey, uh, Deron Bland is not that, not mm-hmm. trying to take anything away from him and with all due respect. And so the tough part for me is the high end, which is what the con- what conversation ends up being with the Dallas Cowboys every year now is that you have shown an aptitude of being good. That's you, right. You go and look at the record over the last 10, 15 seasons, they have a very good record in regular season. The problem is, and it's the thing that we talk about every time, we try and do this thing right now where we go, oh, this team looks good, and people go, well, win, the play- win in the playoffs. Go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that's, that's the level of, you know, that's the level of expectation. And the problem for me is, the level of expectation is now when you get amongst the highest of highs and the, the best teams in the league, and you're just a little bit less capable of you know doing the things that make you great when you change from Trayvon Diggs to Deron Bland. And that's no shade to Deron Bland. Plus, now you're just one more injury away from this being a problem. And sure. Understanding that this is football, these things happen, and that's what you have depth for. But the thing that scares me, and it's probably not like statistically fair, but it's like this happens so early in the season – that you could have another one of these. That's very true. Right? And then you're in a place where you have Noah Igbinogene playing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on an every down basis. And no shade to Noah, but I think we all understand where he, you know, where he is in this. And again, that doesn't feel fair, but now that's in the realm of possibility where before it felt like you had a, 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 an abundance of riches in your defensive backfield. So in the immediate, Deron Bland goes to the outside. Jordan Lewis now comes to the inside opposite of course, with Stephon Gilmore, with Deron Bland, Stephon Gilmore on the outside, and Jordan Lewis on the inside. Now, it does change a little bit for me because you talked about something in terms of the high end of this defense, how good that they were looking the first couple of weeks of the year, historic numbers that this defense has put up. You can't be considered the best defense in the NFL when arguably your best corner on your football team goes down, who's arguably, again, a borderline top five corner in this league, right. you're going to have a little bit of drop-off there with Trayvon Diggs going out and Deron Bland stepping in. The part that concerns me, though, and I want to see this happen when we get into the preview of the game a little bit later on. I don't know about you and you, Medford, as well, but what concerned me a little bit is on the opposite side was Stephon Gilmore. Yes. Didn't have a great game right. against the Jets. And Garrett Wilson, who I know is a very, very talented wide receiver and one of the best in the National Football League, there was a reason why he was Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. But as you get deeper and deeper into the season against some of these teams that you're going to be playing, San Francisco, mm-hmm. Philadelphia twice, yeah. there are some good teams that you're going to be seeing, uh, Los Angeles as well in terms of the Chargers. How does Stephon Gilmore hold up throughout the rest of the season knowing there's going to be a little bit more pressure on him now with the leadership he brings in that room and the play that he's going to have to bring week in and week out to uphold what was, the I thought, the best corner room in the National Football League with Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore there before Trayvon obviously got hurt. So in the immediate, Deron Bland was the guy last year, of course, who had five interceptions, led the Dallas Cowboys in that department. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some drop-off. My concern goes more toward the opposite side and how much more pressure now goes on to Stephon Gilmore to be a guy that can still stabilize that corner room given what he's going to be dealing with with a guy in Jordan Lewis and also 
in Deron Bland and what they bring to this room. Absolutely fair. Like the idea of this season was you have two number one corners. But yes. You were living off of the idea that Stephon Gilmore, who's a little bit advanced in call in football age, right? I don't want to call him old outright because that'd be unfair. But he's a little advanced in, in football years, and you're going off the idea of well, we saw him still be very good with the Indianapolis Colts mm-hmm. last year. But we also understand that football, like these things can fall off a clip very quickly, especially very when quick. you're playing a, a position that is so predicated on athleticism. And you mentioned that the game on Sunday did not look, he, him himself did not look to be of the caliber of the standard that we typically associate with Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. And so not saying that that's going to be the entirety of what he is going to be, but that begins to raise questions in and of themselves, even if Trayvon Diggs did not get hurt. True. And now, because, like, again, the benefit of having those two guys is that you are creating a a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario for offenses where they're like, where do you go in trying to attack this defense? If you look at Stephon Gilmore and go, that's attackable. Maybe not what you want necessarily, but that's attackable. And that, now you look at Deron Blaney and you go, maybe we feel comfortable. Again, you mentioned five interceptions last year. Maybe mm-hmm. not, right? This is not saying that the Cowboys defense is now susceptible to all sorts of things. I don't think that's the case. But the little difference between good to great to whatever the higher level of that is. And a guy who on the other side, you literally was not really throwing the ball against in terms of Trayvon Diggs. That now changes a little bit, obviously, with Deron Bland on that side. That's the concern for me. It's just mm-hmm. that little difference. Now, the thing about it is, is that something to be super concerned about? Maybe not. Because, like, I, I anticipated, and I think you did as well, that the defense would carry the day with this team. Sure. Um, but when it comes down to it, this needs to be a com- complete team effort. Complimentary football needs to reign. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it, it can't just be that the defense snuffs out every other team. Uh, from the 682 on the truck truckwreck.com text line, they asked, could, could these Cowboys trade for another cornerback and who? I mean, in theory, but I don't see, especially because of this happened so early, are there any teams that you go, this team feels so far out of it that they're willing to trade a good, high-level cornerback and, like, give up on their season in week three? Yeah, not not this early. And I think, more importantly, I think the confidence in the depth of what the Cowboys have in their own secondary, specifically in their corner room, and feeling good about Deron Bland and his growth continuing to be a guy that can be trusted on the opposite side of Stephon Gilmore, I think lessens some of that concern in having to go out and try to find a trade or go out into the open market and find a free agent corner to step in and be a veteran opposite of Stephon Gilmore. So we will see how these first couple of weeks go. I think another part for me that may change a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit more additional pressure on this defensive line, who has been spectacular through the first couple Up of weeks. to the of task. Year. That's right. Right. And being able to get out to the quarterback because some of the things that we've seen so far in terms of not just making things more difficult for Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson forcing the ball out quicker to be able to get it into the hands of Trayvon Diggs, J. Ron Kirsten, and others in terms of interceptions. Now this defensive line has to continue to bring the pressure the way that they've had because you know there's a little bit more concern on the back end with not without having Trayvon Diggs, who can cover for some mistakes if a quarterback's able to step up in the pocket and make a throw to be able to try to get to a guy who's down the field, you know that Trayvon Diggs and his wide receiver-like hands can make a play. Right. A little more pressure now on this defensive line to ensure they continue to get after the quarterback, which, again, they've done extremely well through the first couple of weeks 
of the season for this team. Now, one thing I do think is interesting, somebody also mentioned, is this going to add more pressure on the safeties? Maybe you play some more zone. And th- this is something where it seemed like this team Maybe was starting to... land a little bit. This team was starting to play a little bit more man. And, of course, like in modern NFL defenses, you're going to have a certain, a certain amount of all of this being incorporated. I wonder if they do that. But also, one thing to remember in the idea that you're going to lean more on the safeties, your safety, you're already leaning on your safeties to kind of play linebacker as well. Remember, Mukwamu is stepping forward and getting some burn in the safety room. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Donovan Wilson is made is, is making his return. He was a full participant today, if I remember correctly, in practice. Used to get him back, yes. So it'll be great to have him back incorporated into the safety room. But remember, your safety room, as good as it is, also has some stresses on it. And I guess ultimately what we have to lean on is this is the nature of modern-day football. Injuries happen, and with the salary cap sport, you're going to have to lean on every part of your roster or large portions of your roster to get things done. And I think as much as I have been negative, I can't really speak for you, KG. I've been somewhat negative in the way I've talked about this, but all things considered, from a 30,000-foot view, you are still in a really good place. This still looks like it has the capability of being one of, if not the best defense in the league. And on the offensive side, which we can continue to talk about here in maybe another hour or so, um, on the offensive side, it looks like you have the capabilities, and especially we need to see if when you put it up to you know put it up to 90 95 100% what this offense can do in those real tests and i think that's what everybody in the nfl world but us particularly um in the, the onlookers of the cowboys want to see an unfortunate day when it comes to Trayvon Diggs tearing that ACL, but at the same time, this is why you are confident in the depth of that secondary room and more importantly Dan Quinn to continue to get these guys ready on a week to week basis. Deron Bland, you are up, my guy, to be able to stem the tide while of course Trayvon Diggs recovers from that torn ACL. It's the get right for Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next on your home of the Rangers, we are now at the home stretch of the 2023 Major League Baseball season for your Rangers. The question is, which Rangers team are you going to get starting tomorrow when they take on the Seattle Mariners? We answer that question next on 105 Through the Fan. Heim standing in on the left side. The pitch from Bayo. A swing and a drive. Well hit ball. Deep right field. Bye-bye. Three-run home run for Jonah Heim. His 18th of the season. And he gets the good guys back to within a run here at 4-3. Shout out to Mac Hicks on the uh, Louisiana Hot Sauce Rangers Radio Network on the call there on the Jonah Heim three-run home run. It's the get right for Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, yep. Alec Meth for holding it down for you here. Which Rangers team are we going to get during the final 10 games of the regular season as the good guys have the day off today before they begin their final 10 games starting with three tomorrow at Globe Life Field, shout out to 105 through the fan in section 133. Going to be hanging out tomorrow night at Globe Life Field with a bunch of guys from the uh, from the station. Looking forward to bringing my family, my wife, and my daughter. They were like, we want to go to the baseball game. I said, well, here's your chance to go for free. Shout out to the Texas Rangers. <laughs> I know you didn't mention the for free part. Hell like yes. That was the whole point. Look, man, I, you, right. you see my daughter sitting in there right I now. Do. And my wife like, nice thing. So anything that's for free, yeah, man, sign them up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so shout out to section 133. Looking forward to that tomorrow. By the way, the first thing I'm going to do when I get to the ballpark, because you can tell your boy don't miss a meal. I'm going. Wow. I'm, yeah, self-deprecation is good. I'm going straight for Hurtado Barbecue. Okay, because I've heard that joint has been spectacular all season. So you're gonna you're gonna spend half the game over there. I'm gonna spend. I'm gonna I'm get joking. there. We're gonna I have get no there. idea how I'm gonna long get there it takes early. I'm gonna get there early so I can get comfortable in my seat 
So I feel like your boy might have to be catching a nap after that Hurtado barbecue. Wow. Uh, I heard boy it. Thick, slim, thick with it. That's right. That's, All right. That's right. Shout out to you, Matt, for good for you. Okay. Um, so Matt, for you going to this game as well? Uh, no, I got a high school football game to call. Oh, yeah, he big you, time now. Yeah, I got, got to make money to spend money. Booked you know? and busy. Yeah, because he stay. You, know, you do be spending that money. I'm surprised you're not Postman. a Beyonce right now. Right. I had pre-sale, and of course, I just see? said, of course you see? did. Y'all thought said, I was nah. joking. Of course you did. Said, nah, yeah. And now you're here with us. He did. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of sad. He wouldn't have gone anyway. He probably would have sold the tickets or something, wouldn't you? Uh, I was trying to find someone to go with, but you know. Uh, oh, right. oh you know. okay. Oh. We don't have to talk about that. It's cool. Hey, you know what? That's what AM on the FM is for. No, a, a, you know, at 842, we're going to help you out a little later on. We're going to help you out a little later on. You know, find oh. some find some riz for you. Mm. Okay? You okay with that? Did you need really that. just say that? I really, that's what the kids say, don't they? Are you one of the kids? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk some Rangers here on your home of the Rangers 105 through the fan before the show goes any more off the rails. I think that's what people listen for, honestly. That is very true. I mean, we are the number one nighttime show for a reason. Because of these Texas Rangers. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Shout out to the good guys. Shout out to the good guys. put a whooping on the Red Sox in the rubber match of that one. Yeah, 15 to 5. I Look. I think that there's there's probably two or three ways of watching the game on TV, right? Um, there's the it's on TV and I'm watching intently. There's the it's on and I'm kind of checking in. And maybe there's like it's background noise. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Those last two might be somewhat similar. <laughs> um, I was definitely in that second one where okay. it was like it was on and I was kind of checking it out. There's uh-huh. a few things that I had that I was trying to watch at the same time. And I just kept looking up like, this is still going? They just keep it hasn't stopped. More runs, huh? <laughs> and that's, I mean, obviously this is a Boston Red Sox team that you really hoped you could have sweep. But, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's it's nice to see the offense come together. And that's one of the things that I am, I'm very happy about is seeing, one, your man, I'm going to allow you to say his nickname as you want to. Oh, Young Money? There you go, yeah, Josh, Josh Young. Josh Young, that's right. It's nice to see him back, um, back with the big league club. Obviously, Adolis Garcia back. Evan Carter up with the big league club doing his thing as well. It feels like this offense and this lineup is getting closer to what it was prior, at least when it comes to having a whole bunch of dudes in the lineup that you feel on any given day can get you a hit and get you a big hit, you know, extra Mm -hmm. bases, all that type of stuff. Because it felt like during a stretch where, especially where it got a little wonky, you were losing so many of those guys where it felt like individuals like Corey Seager and Adolis was one of those that felt like they started pressing a lot because they felt the weight of the pressure. And that's me, like, hypothesizing. Like, I don't I'm, I don't know particularly, but I can easily understand how that would happen. Now it feels like you could spread this out a little bit better because you've got a good one-to-nine lineup when it comes to where you feel probably comfortable and most of these guys can come up and get a hit in any given situation. And that's probably good because I imagine a lot of them are going to have to play all, if not most, of um, these final 10 or so games to get to uh, the end of the season and the regular season, I should say. And I had to give a special shout out to Evan Carter because I was one of the ones who was not real comfortable with the idea of introducing this young man in the middle of a pennant race. Right. And he has responded and responded extremely well and has fit in very nicely with this lineup. So I give Evan Carter a lot of credit for showing the poise of being able to come into this Texas Rangers lineup, be a contributor right, right away, and still keep this offensive lineup you know, afloat as they continue to matriculate through the AL West and the AL Wildcard. As it stands currently right now with them having the day off today, the Astros lead the Rangers and the Mariners by a half game in the AL West. When you go to the wildcard standings, the Rangers and the Mariners at 84 and 68 are tied for the third and final wildcard spot as they are just a game behind the Toronto Blue Jays for the second wildcard spot. But let me take you 
back to August 1st. Oh, God. Because this is the question that we're discussing here in this particular segment. True to the discussion, you saying, let me take you back, I, without hearing the, the date, mm-hmm. I'm like, this could either be really great or really bad. Like, that's the roulette of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because from August 1st through August the 8th, they won eight straight games. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Let's take it to mid-August. At one point from August 16th through, oh, yeah, August the 25th, they lost. Let's count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They gave them all back in mid-August. Then you take it to, that, of course, that historic beatdown that they caught at the hands of the Houston Astros at the beginning of September. That was part of a four-game losing streak that included Oakland losing 6-3, Back on September the 8th. And then they go on a, oh, let's count it. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six-game win streak. You think, cool, all is right in the world. And then let's take it to the four, the final four games before they took on and got the last two wins against Boston. They lost four straight. They got swept by the Guardians and then lost the first game of the series against the Red Sox. Which team are we going to get? Are we going to get the one that had the eight-game win streak at the beginning of August? Or are we going to get the one that had the eight-game losing streak? In mid-August, are we going to get the team that won six straight? You know, at the you know in the middle of September, which team are we going to get as we try to handicap this for the final ten games yeah, of the season? That's the thing that's scary because, like, obviously you cannot base this off of like a single game. But like I was saying, you're getting a lot of those those tentpole type um, batters into back into your lineup, and so I feel like the offense hopefully will be consistent over over the last part of the season. And if you can get that, that'd be great because it's going to be necessary. The tough thing about it, I always talk. We can all always talk about how this bullpen has basically let you down throughout the course of the year. Mm-hmm. I don't. We don't. That's been honestly overwrought at this point. The thing about it, and the thing I always, I continue to come back to this pinpoint moment in my mind. And you've heard it. You probably know where I'm going as soon as I start talking about it. At the trade deadline, when G Bag Nation asked Chris Young about if he had done enough for the bullpen, and the first thing, the first topic that he talks about, the first thing he starts talking about is, well, you added some people to your to your rotation mm-hmm. to try and help out the bullpen. That rotation is light. I mean, just today we get news that uh, Max Scherzer is not – he's not going to pitch in the uh, remainder of the season. Like, it's just not going to happen. It's right? done, yeah. Right? That – I mean, what what else is left? You're you're having Evaldi basically re, doing his rehab start in the majors. You have – obviously, Jordan Montgomery has done everything that he can. Like, you, you have a rotation that's solid but not great. And the thing about it is in order to cover for the bullpen – they need to be really good. They need to go and give you really good quality starts. They need to keep this low and give your offense a chance to get out and get out in front. Get, you know, run away and hide with the game before your bullpen gets to the gets to the mound. And I hate to say that about the bullpen, but I think that's the reality. We have a large enough sample size that we can say that definitively and not mean any disrespect that the bullpen scares you. You do not want to be in one two run games in the seventh, eighth, ninth innings. Because they're liable to give it back, so you mm-hmm. need you need your bullpen or your rotation to be solid enough to give you those quality starts. And the scary thing about it is, I don't know how just how good your rotation is right now, or I don't know if your offense is going to stabilize to a point where you feel comfortable. They're going to give us the six, seven runs that we need on any given night to then feel comfortable. And I know that that's probably unfair to be like, hey, give me seven every single night, right? But if they it feels can, like they have to slug their way to this, if you can give me that. If you can give me that offensive production, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, 15 is crazy to ask, but if you can give me something solid, know that I have a crooked number coming every single, you know, every single night. Where we, and when I say crooked number, I'm not just talking about two, three. Like if you can give me four, five, six every night, 
Now we can feel a little bit better about the rotation, hopefully giving you some quality starts. And I feel like we're I'm asking for a line saying if, if, if. Now the Rangers are capable of doing it, and one thing that's nice is that the AL West in general, the, the other teams in this race. Ooh, the Astros trying to give it away at this exa- point. You see it. You see it, right? Yeah. So, like, thankfully, they are kind of in cahoots with keeping you in this. But, like, I, I need all of those things to come together. And I feel like, just statistically speaking, that's probably unfair. But hopefully something within them wells up. Something Having having those guys kind of come back together. Maybe the stress level comes down a little bit, oddly enough, mm-hmm. as this run. Maybe the consistency of basically having the same lineup, which I anticipate for every night, gives them an opportunity. No, no nights off, like straight through. Maybe that'll give them the opportunity to get to the place that they need to go. Maybe even win the AL West. I, I'm, that's probably, I might be a little unfair, but at least get to the postseason and then have some level of, some level of feel good leading into the into that postseason. I think we're going to get the team that we saw from September 9th through September the 14th, a team that won six straight that included beating Toronto and sweeping them in a four-game series. And you started to touch on it. The lineup is starting to stabilize. You talked about the return of Josh Young, Adolis Garcia, Evan Carter, and the production that he's brought since coming up you know, to the big leagues. And obviously what you're going to get from Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Because if you're a Rangers fan right now, the only thing you could take solace in most nights is the idea that this offense is going to be productive. And as long as they hit with runners in scoring position, this team can put up numbers in bunches, runs in bunches. The question is, will the bullpen be able to hold things down long enough to see yourself into the playoffs and then what happens once you get there? Because I feel good enough in this offense that I think we're going to see the team that won those six straight games, as I mentioned, including a clean sweep in Toronto. The question is, can they do it now at the most important point of the season when their season is literally in the palm of their hands and they control their own destiny with seven of their last 10 against a team in Seattle, whom you look at lineup-wise, okay, obviously they got a star in Julio Rodriguez, but you look at the rest of this group for the Rangers, you feel like offensively they're going to be at the ones that carry them to the playoffs this this season. Right, and it's something that we don't love talking about a lot in sports, but it's something that I, I am always interested in is, they're going to need some luck here, man. And I guess the New York Yankees are helping them in the luck department a little bit. They The Yankees are up on the Blue Jays 3 to nothing in the middle of the sixth there. So they're going to, you know, continue to push the Blue Jays a little bit further away from that opportunity in the wild card. But, no, I'm, I mean, you're going to need some luck, man. You're going to need, you know, some breaks to go your way because we're all the things that we've talked about in the last however minutes of this segment point to the idea that you're going to need things to just kind of fit together in the right way, right? You're going to need things to just fit together and you get the right outing with the right amount of runs and you have the right mix of whichever pitchers Bruce Bochy decides to bring out of the pen. Because that's another thing. Bruce Bochy has been heralded over the course of his career of being able to work a bullpen. And I think that the... Cool, him and Mike Maddox been working overtime this year. I think the, the ways in which this thing has looked kind of questionable and looked, you know, kind of tough to handle probably speaks more to the idea of this is this is what he's been given, right? And you're going to need just like, th- there's not like a definitive, I know that I'm comfortable going to this guy, right? Everybody has the capability of getting you in, out of situations, but you don't know that you if you put a task in front of them, they're definitely going to complete it. And so there's going to need to be some luck in that regard where it's like the, the card that I picked today happens to be the right one, right? And I, I look... I hate to. I, I know that in the sports realm, we don't love being in the place where it's like, well, you just got to get lucky. But in this instance, I'm telling you, <laughs> you might need to get some luck in here as well to make sure that you get the right Rangers to finish out this last, uh, this home stretch towards the postseason. That home stretch begins with a three game 
Series against the Seattle Mariners tomorrow night with first pitch at 7.05. Dane Anthony Dunning going to be on the mound for your Texas Rangers. Then on Saturday, Jordan Montgomery. And then on Sunday, Nathan Evaldi takes the mound for the good guys before they go on the road for their final seven games of the season, which includes three games against the Los Angeles Angels, Sands, Shohei Otani, and then, of course, the final four games of the season on the road in Seattle to determine who goes to the playoffs, whether it be the AL West division winner or as a part of the wild card group. It all gets started tomorrow. First pitch at 7.05 on the Louisiana Hot Sauce Rangers Radio Network. The Hall of Famer Eric Nadell, Matt Hicks, and Jared Sandler get you started with pregame tomorrow <laughs> at 6.30. Hey, man, on the text line from the 940, the truckrake.com text line. That's right. I Look. If you got the optimism for all of us, I appreciate you, 940. Quote, if Leodi and Carter keep getting on base at the bottom of the order, we are going to the World Series. Yeah, keep Woo! that positivity. Keep that positivity. <laughs> and you know what? Bring that positivity to Section 133 mm-hmm. at the Ranger game on Friday and all the way throughout the rest of the season. Like, I think some of this also is going to be incumbent upon, hey, man, fans, can we lift up the team? Right? Like, I think, I think that that's going to be some of it, too. Like, you're going to need every home game to feel like it is giving some level of energy and, uh, you know, Efficiency, something. It's the final three games of this home stand, or and final three games at home this season, right? Uh, for this Rangers club. If so. you believe in such a thing, right? Like give give that team what you got because obviously they're going to need it. It's the get right, Reggie KG, right here on one hundred five through the fan. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League where Minka Fitzpatrick defends himself against this. Next on the get right. About to go around the National Football League here on this Thursday night on the Get Right for Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yo. Alec Med for holding it down for us here on this Thursday. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 87, the truckrate.com text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation coming up at the top of the hour, Get you ready for the Cowboys visiting the Arizona Cardinals in the desert on Sunday afternoon as the Cowboys look to make it 3-0 on the young season when they take on Josh Dobbs and the Cards Sunday afternoon. We'll get you ready for that game at the top of the hour here on your home with the Cowboys 105 through the fan. Don't forget David Hellman of Fox Sports joins us at 820 and Ari Temkin of Sirius XM of Big 12 this morning joins us at 9 o'clock to get you ready for this weekend's college football action at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg Atatula at Alec on the radio if you want to get at us on Twitter Medford let's go around the National Football League here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys as we are already into week number three of just the, like that of the young NFL season I did take like I stopped and I was like dang it's it feels like it's going pretty quick already like, already I don't know. I don't know what it felt like. Uh, you know, a lot of folks were like, "Man, it's can't wait to football season." It, I mean, look, there's still there's still 16 weeks. I'm not trying to pretend like the the we the season's half over, but it does feel like it's moving, man. I mean, we're already into Thursday night football tonight between the Giants and the San Francisco 49ers, where apparently Debo Samuel and George Kittle are better defensive backs in the. <laughs> than the Giants right now, the way that they've been batting down passes so far to keep Brock Purdy's uh, sheet clean. Oh, so Debo far. had to block one too. I, yeah, I, I man. saw the George yeah, Kittle one yeah. where uh, yeah. he just kind of he kind of floated that one out there, and it looked like he was trying to hit Adoree Jackson of the New York Giants. But um, yeah, I I need to pay a little bit more closer attention to Brock Purdy in this one because you look at the advanced stats on Brock Purdy thus, thus far this season, mm-hmm. he's been very good. But I mean. 
obviously individual moments are not a full reflection of any player, particularly quarterbacks in this league, but I've seen a couple individual moments that made me go, huh? And so I need to be better about seeing getting a whole entire perspective on his game because I know for him in particular, my judgment ends up being a little skewed, right? And I think a lot of people's judgment were skewed on Brock Purdy with like, hey, man, seventh round pick, literally missed or irrelevant. Literally, yes. Um, but then also then becomes the other, you know, becomes the starting quarterback on a team that wins a lot, although that team has a lot of things going in its favor. When you talk about playmakers, we talk about play callers, we call, talk about defense, right? So, like, what portions of those things are fair? Like, how do we isolate all those variables and just look at the dude? And I need to be better about that. So, I will try and do good about that during the course of this game. It's interesting. Coming into this game, Brock Purdy, uh, quiet as it's kept, he's never lost a regular season start so far in his career. Quarterback wins? We doing the quarterback wins? I'm just saying. After the thing that I just said? Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay, fancy. 7-0 and okay. in regular season games. Uh, Medford, though, did let us know during the break. What's happening between the Giants and the 49ers? What's happening in tonight's game? So They're far? having a mid-off. It's so bad. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Glad I haven't missed very much. Um, also, I believe the, the the spread on this game was 10 and a half. Whoa. I believe. So, hey, man, let's get to work. Wait a minute. San Francisco was a 10 and a half point favorite coming into this game? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, let's, how about we get to work? Whoa, okay. Um, three to three late in the first <laughs> quarter. How about that? Uh, between the Giants and the San Francisco 49ers. I didn't realize the spread was 10 and a half. It was at one point at least. I don't know what it is going into this, but, I mean, the Giants are missing some players. Have you heard of Saquon Barkley before? Yeah, he's not playing. Yeah. Um, I believe they're missing one of their linemen. Yeah, Andrew Thomas. There mm-hmm. we go, that one. No, no, no. Um, and so, like, hey, there's there's some there's some things. There's some things that uh you would think would go, all right. Cover that one, except at this moment. And, of course, the football game is not over. That's right. Still early on. at this moment, not covering. Uh, Brandon Ayuk also did not play for the San Francisco 49ers tonight. That's right. Yeah, he did Uh, have that on their side. Football, man. Be hurting people. Uh, Speaking of not playing, the Carolina Panthers, it appears, are not going to have their rookie quarterback in Bryce Young this weekend as they play the Seattle Seahawks and the fighting Geno Smith. So, uh, come on down. Andy Dalton, it's your time to shine in Carolina as Andy Dalton appears is going to get the start for the fighting Frank Reichs on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. Which means that one's not going to be fun at all. <laughs> right? Like, uh, this is the thing that I, I loved about um, Bryce Young at Alabama is that almost entirely antithetical to what Alabama has been over the last, let's say, decade is that that was a team that was like, hey, Bryce. Can you do something for me? Can you fix that for us, right? Bryce, please? Can, can you do something for me? And it was just like individual <laughs> brilliance of him going and making things happen. And it seems like some of that's what's happening with the Panthers at this moment, right? You, we looked at a lot of the, the personnel moves that they made. I'm like, huh, this might be something that could come together. And right now it looks like, hey, Bryce, can you do something for me? And so <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you could do that with Andy Dalton in year, what is it, 17, 18, 19, 24? Um, wow. Jokes. Wow. J- jokes. Wow. But like Andy Dalton is not the same Andy Dalton that we saw carry the Cincinnati Bengals to many a playoff uh, in Cincinnati. Right. Well, like this, this, this is this not point. the same Andy Dalton. And so I kind of fear for Andy, particularly behind that offense or that offensive line for the Panthers that has not looked uh, as as decent as we anticipated it looking or as some people. Good luck to that man. Um, thankfully for him, the Seattle Seahawks uh, pass rush isn't like the most daunting. Mm hmm. But um, that's probably not going to be fun. Uh, congratulations, Andy Dalton. Good luck with that on Sunday when they take on the Seattle Seahawks. Um, God bless. Godspeed. <laughs> right. Have fun with that. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick in the news, of course, after the gruesome hit 
uh, and gruesome injury, I should say, that Nick Chubb suffered on Monday Night Football. Thank God I still haven't seen it. I happen to be looking down they at the moment that it happened. They uh, play the replay. God bless him. Like, honestly, can we take a second and appreciate that we have finally gotten to that place where it's like, hey, something gruesome. We're I, not I gonna- don't need to see that again. Thanks. That's right. Thanks. That's right. It makes me think of uh, Paul. Remember Paul George when he had that broken leg? I don't think I saw that one either. On the stanchion for USA Basketball? Yeah. 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 Don't, don't think I saw that one either. That like, one. I'm, I'm on a good run of trying to make sure that I keep myself away. Did you miss the Kevin Ware one, too? You remember Kevin Ware? Yeah. When, it was Louisville. When he was at Louisville. Yeah. He ultimately transferred to, like, Georgia State at some point. Anyways. Oh, wow. Unnecessary trivia. Uh, but, yeah, no, there's a whole bunch of these. But, yes, I'm so glad that we've gotten to the point where TV directors, sports TV directors are like, let's not. Let's not go to that one. Let's not go to a replay on that one. Just know it was bad. Like, we got the, I think everybody got the effect from the sound in the building. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, and the description from, of the injury itself. There we go. We're good there. Right. We do not have to dwell on this. But no, Mika Fitzpatrick, obviously, I think that we've gotten to a place because of how gruesome the injury was and the way that it was responded to. Mm-hmm. Whenever We play the result a lot in sports. I feel like we're playing the result here. Because Mika Fitzpatrick, he got up um, in media availability today. And I should have gotten the audio. He was talking about he's a guy that's a competitor that's going to go out there and play the game. He's chippy, but he's not a dirty player. He's going to sit here and defend his character and so on and so forth. He said that in the moment he, um, you know, he, he talked to Chubb um, when he was when he could, told him that it was not intentional. Mm-hmm. The way that he laid it out was like he had decided he was going to go low early. And then as he got there, happened to be that somebody else went high and that thing Ooh. happened. And I'm inclined to believe him. Um. In part because I'm like the idea of like this guy's a dirty player. I don't know what that actually does for us. But two, that's kind of what football is at this point. Like I think sometimes we try and do this like labeling a player as dirty to try and make ourselves feel better about mm-hmm. like there had to be malintent. And that's why the injury is just to find an excuse. And sometimes Correct. and I'm not saying that like, hey, injuries happen, deal with it. And that's they're unavoidable as much as we can do to you know keep injuries out of the game. We should. However, we have to re- rack. Uh, whew, what's the right word? Uh, we have to reckon with the fact that football is a inherently a dangerous game. It's a violent game. And it's, honestly, if you want to be honest with you, it's some of the reason that you like it. And so this is this is part of that. You are having these dudes trade on their body and that sometimes that body will be broken in the course of your entertainment. How does that make you feel? Probably you need to consider that. It has to stop people from watching it. That's for damn sure. No, not even in that game did it stop people from watching it. It really does stink for Nick Chubb in that instance, though. Which at points in that game, I wanted to stop watching, but I found myself really intrigued by that football game. Not just because Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt were just wrecking the game all over the place, but the idea, speaking of the Browns, hey, man, Deshaun Watson cooked. Ooh, boy. Uh, Medford's like 100%. Yeah, Medford has the very definitive north to south, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I believe I tweeted out something after the game, and I just said, yeah, that man, Cheeks. Like, it's done. (laughs) Well, I mean, that man cheeks got to be a little bit be careful. In I definitely said Deshaun Watson, but yeah, no, I'm not pulling that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Oh, I was thinking about it in a different way, but it's fine. Wow. Um, (laughs) No, the the thing that I I think I was talking to you about this KG, Uh the idea of Deshaun Watson when he was the last time that we saw him like actually like really play football was. Two, three years ago? Almost three years ago now at this with point? With the Houston Texans. And even then, like, how many people were watching him play in that 4-12 and 12 effort? <laughs> yes, it was when we still played 16 games. Um, That's right. And the thing about it is, like, he did a lot of individual brilliance in, this, in his own right. Like, it was a lot of holding on to the football, making things happen with his legs, and then making big play, plays with, you know, really talented receivers on the other end of it. 
this the, the, this office that Kevin Stefanski is employing is not one that necessarily fits the things that he does. And he seems to think that he is the same athlete that he was three years ago, and it's very apparent that he isn't. And so those things paired together, which I'm with, I'm sure other stuff, right? I have no idea exactly all the things that are going in, but I'm sure that those couple of things factor into him not looking good. The, I think the problem, like, it's very clear. You're right. He is cheeks right now. The problem is, is there a way for him to uncheek himself, uncheek fight? Right? Throw the like, ball to Amari Cooper every time, apparently. So I feel like every time he threw the ball to Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper's like, yeah, I got you. But everybody else is like, yeah. But also, can I take a moment to have a, a message directly to the nasty man himself? Oh, Hey, man, what are you doing, dog? <laughs> you out here messing it up. Right? You know who probably curses his name every single day? Miles Garrett. Well, yes, because Lam- Miles well, Garrett out there hooping. Miles Garrett would literally be defensive player of the year yes. in that consideration, except they'd be like, your team stinks. <laughs> He's just constantly your dealing with that. quarterback sucks. Like, we will, no, we will not give you credit because you play on a bad team. But I'm good. Yeah, sure, but we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> um, also, Lamar Jackson and every other quarterback's like, look, man, you messed up the guaranteed money. <laughs> you the one that messed up the guaranteed money. For everybody. everybody would be rolling in money if you wasn't out here acting the way that you acting in more ways than <laughs> The Sean Watts is the classic, you know, wrong guy, right message type thing. <laughs> like, it's quarterbacks should be getting kind of the kind of money that they get because of how important the position is. Deshaun Watson's the wrong dude to be the guy that's the poster child for that. Like, the Browns and Jimmy Haslam really gave that dude $230 million guaranteed. And we're looking around like, not that one. Not wrong guy. So thanks for nothing, nasty man. <laughs> By the way, congratulations to Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs looked around like, oh, yeah, you know what, Patrick – you know, we probably should pay you commensurate to what these other dudes are you out here doing. think the Chiefs did that? Did you think the Chiefs were like, hey, we would like to we would like to change up this very good deal that we've got <laughs> going here to give you more money? No, I think Patrick Mahomes is like, all right, cool. So now I would like that money up front. <laughs> like, I know I gave you all a deal, but all also. All 210 of it, please. Also, thanks. I am Patrick LaVon Mahomes II. Give me my money. And they were like, you know what? You're right. The fact that that name has that mouth that speaks on a daily basis drives me insane because when you listen to Patrick Mahomes you wouldn't think was it Patrick LeVon Mahomes LeVon. the second the second and then that voice that comes out of that name nah man something don't match up here something don't match up here but yet he's the best quarterback in the sport also shout look, out to him it's because it's Patrick Mahomes and we were and also we're afraid of numbers that when that when that actual um when that actual contract got done we just saw like 10 years a whole bunch of money we were like I'm not doing the math on that <laughs> Um, I look, it was 45 million on average. I haven't even point. really gone and done all the math on it, but at some point we like, it feels like that was shenanigans, right? Like it feels like of course some, it was. there's some shenanigans in here. Of course it was. So like now on the back end, they're filtering more money in. I'm like, what, what are the shenanigans that we're doing here? Right. He's getting the most money over a four year span in NFL history at the $210 million that he's getting. He is rich. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Rappaport. Thank you correct. so much. There's definitely shenanigans in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go do the math, but there's shenanigans in there somewhere. It has to I'm be. claiming it recklessly. Hey, they'll probably rip up the deal in two years anyway after he wins another Super Of course Super they Bowl. will. So, like, why did what was the point in the 10-year deal? Just shenanigans. <laughs> That's right, 682, Kermit Mahomes. That's right. That's a trip around the National Football League right here on the Get Right. Reggie KG here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, by the way, that's nasty work, uh, 214. Trey Lance, trade for Deshaun Watson. Relax. Relax, 214. Relax. You trying to bring him here? <laughs> To do what? That's what I'm saying. Like, what, what are we doing here? What, what are we? How doing old here? is him? He. At, I, was, I was about to say. Him. How old is him? him? Wow. Woo! Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.